Hello and welcome to episode 79 of the Hard Six Podcast with me, Jay Hopkinson. And me, Shiplap. <laughs> oh, for God's sake. <laughs> oh, oh, Gil. And me, Ben Johnson. <laughs> yeah, and me, and Ben Johnson. Johnson. Lovely. Yeah. <laughs> We've been reliably informed that this, this week that Ben Johnson's bandwidth is so amazing that he could also play a game at the same time, so expect better sound quality. <laughs> <laughs> He's got all the bandwidth in Harrogate. <laughs> This week, we're going to be talking about a week in hobby, and it really is pretty much a week in hobby this time we've recorded, so, Uh, Call to Arms Round 2 games, Um, we're looking at a new release from TT Combat, which is nice, which we'll get to shortly, we've got a feature on movement featuring Colin Robinson, (laughs) (laughs) and our unit of the week is Magwans. You like Magwans, don't you? I do like Magwans. Even though you ran them as um, flea bags against me and they were moving <laughs> 10. But that's fine. Right, so let's kick off with a week in hobby. I've done loads, so let's start with somebody else. Well, I'm, I'm, all I'd say is this has been, it's only been a week, but uh, I've continued painting my, uh, my large beasts. I'm nearly done with them and then I'm going to start on my regiments, which is. It's, it's, all I was going to say on that is that. I quite like doing the big models first to get a flavour for the army and kind of get, inspire me to do the, the regiments because when I get through to the regiments, I'm a bit, I don't know, I've lost a mm. bit of impetus. So actually having the big... I'm the there, exact opposite. Yeah? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, try, I, I slog through the little stuff and then I get to a treat and I get to paint my cool thing at the end. It's like, yeah, nice one. <laughs> also, if you're doing a similar colour scheme, you get better and better at it by the time you get to your character models and uh, the characters true. look great. Yeah. No, Once well, so. a minute, my, my, I peak quite early because I'm not very good. So, so I've heard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's going to look great anyway. No, I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with it. Again, it's, like I said last week, it was. Um, I, it has started off as a let's just do a quick army to play with, and it's now becoming my life, which is fun. <laughs> yeah, a quick arm is well. That's not a problem, is it? There's plenty more fish in the sea. <laughs> the um, that that whole thing of I just thought I'd knock out a quick army to play with. It never ever goes like that, does it? No. My girlfriend said to me yesterday or the day before, or, or one day since the last episode, she said, "If I had a pound for every time I heard you say, I wish I hadn't just put that highlight on because it looks awesome, and now I'm going to have to do all of them." <laughs> she said she'd be very rich. <laughs> oh yeah, I'll just try it and see what it looks like. Oh god, it looks really good. Damn it, <laughs> I'll have to do them all. Yeah, which is frustrating. So you've been doing that. That's the um, what, what's that guy from Shadows of Brimstone? That, that's right. Yeah. So we've got two yeah. of those, and. Um, I'm, I'm actually, just as a kind of modelling thing, I've put them on the lava bases, as we said, but I'm actually going to uh, put them on pins rather than glue them on um, because I want to be able to multi-use... Well, transport them, that's a good point. Because <laughs> um, they're about eight foot tall, but... Oh, yeah. <laughs> life-size uh, manifestations. But, um, no, the, uh, I think by, they are models that I will interchange between armies, so I'm going to have them uh, so they can come off the bases. But I'm going to use three little pins on the bottom of the model that I then put into the base that's there that I can then change interchange. Yeah, I mean, that's a nice idea. Uh, to be honest, I used to do magnetising and things, but I sort of, these days I just think the effort that I'm going to put in it, I might just paint another army. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
it sort of it swings and roundabouts and I really really hate magnetising stuff as well so I, if you say it was going to take me six hours to magnetise a whole army which is very unlikely it'd probably take a lot longer than that I'd rather put six hours towards painting something else because I can get quite a lot done in six hours mm-hmm. so I think I'd rather do that plus it, it, it seems to me that most of my games are being played at this house, so you know, <laughs> Don't really I can probably no, I can probably put together a transportable army at some point, but it needs to be filth. That's the thing, you see. <laughs> if you're going to have an army to transport, it's got to be filth because it's the one that you're going to take to events. And I'm not 100 percent sure what the filthiest thing in the whole world well, is. You yet. are trying but to when find I do... the filthiest thing. <laughs> not really. I, I, I am to say, you are excellent at extreming games or extreming. <laughs> What, because of the silly lists I've been Yeah, and, and, and to be fair, they're usually very good, which, which as mm. I expressed before, is sometimes surprising. But, I mean, you play quite well. Don't tell Ben. It's the dirt you bring. You wait till you see the next one. <laughs> oh, it's disgusting. <laughs> it's so good. I can't wait to play it. I've gone with Banshees this time for Twilight King, because their Enthrall and Windblast oh. actually does damage as well. Yeah, that's not that. So... Okay. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to enthrall one of your units <laughs> to within 24 inches of my army, yeah. right? Or maybe maybe do it twice, two enthralls, get you right in. Shoot everything at it, and if I'm not quite happy with the fact that I might kill you with the nerve test, I'm then going to wind blast you back <laughs> so that you then can't charge me. <laughs> that, that, that yeah, that's it. You heard it here. You heard it here. Because those um, those silly venom throat things that I can't remember the name, Mind Screech, yeah. they... they um, they can have wind blast as they well, can't they? They, they, cut, they cut come with it. So it's like, mm, shall I, I'm not going to do eight wounds with the lightning bolt because it's only lightning bolt six, so I'll just push him back a couple of inches. <laughs> I, no, I, I like the sound of that. I would look forward to I've also, got some, I've also got the bolt throwers and some models. So. Like I say, the vampire army's going to be Twilight Kin as well. Anyway, what else have you done? Call to arms, let's have a go. Let's see what you've done there. Um, well, I played Henrik, uh, which is... Uh, so Henrik... Hammerin, the Finnish player, and I was right in predicting he played dwarves, like all things. He sounds like a dwarf, doesn't he? <laughs> he does he's, like he's, a, dwarf. he's actually quite a slender, good-looking chap, but um, he, uh, he, he really nice guy. Um, looked at his army; uh, it's a dwarf army, real solid. Looked at it and it was going to be tough, um, but it just kind of went my way. Well, probably lucky, but um, he, he basically had six units with the uh, the puppies, um, and I think he fired four in round one and did two wounds, so that probably indicates oh, what happened there. Um, mm. But a no, really, really great guy. Uh, pleased to have got the win. Um, actually, I don't know if you've seen in the Court of Arms um, big news on that scene. Tom Robinson lost a Coke on uh, uh, last night, I believe. So, lost a Coke. What? That's Coke. The <laughs> we lost Tom Robinson to Coke. No. Um, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, so that's uh, uh, the reigning champions just taking one. So that's um, and, and you know that, that's kind of opened it up for everyone. Oh yeah, I suppose so. Does that make Paul Brown the favourite now? Well, he's not playing. I mean, of course, it would if he <sighs> um, Yeah, but Paul's uh, he's finding it hard to get out of bed at the moment. So. <laughs> I, I, I think he's must. Have you seen his high, high elves that he's painting? I have. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I think that's using taking up most of his bandwidth. So. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, he's. Um, they look good, though. They don't do. They? They're really good. It's, it's a really nice colour. Very bold for Paul. He's usually quite sombre, but uh, he's. 
Yeah. Really. He hasn't actually posted any pictures on Facebook, has he? No, I mean, it is taking him about, uh, I don't know, three days to paint a model, so... <coughs> That's not too bad. I think, you know, it'll yeah. take... Probably after Christmas we'll get our first unit. 120 models in a year-ish, <laughs> if, he has, if he has five days off. <laughs> five days holiday. So you won that, what was your uh, score? 25... Seven, I believe. So that's two wins. Oh, wow. So, right. And luckily, I got 19 in my first game. So I'm, I'm submarining nicely in the tournament, which is good, really, because <laughs> you don't want to face someone like Jeff Trish early on. Um, or Trash, sorry. I keep telling his name as Trish. 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 Um, Trish. Yeah. Trish. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that I face the gentleman that you faced last time uh, in your first game. Oh, next. Yeah. We're next. We're next to each other on the leaderboard with one point separating us so better look oh, okay. I'll, uh, I'll get to see what he's like yeah that'd be nice <laughs> what was that noise nothing is that the cat uh, no it was sort of with a h on the end yeah it? yeah it was the cat the cat <laughs> <laughs> anyway that was my uh, weekend hobby but lots of fun um and uh, probably estimate about another two months to complete this army that's what i'm looking at Really? Well, unlike you, speed painters. All <laughs> week, I mean, if you want to feel bad, you're on this group because you're just there going, "Oh God, I did nothing, and they look great." <laughs> oh Jesus, come on! It's not like that, is well, it? Well, I, I mean, I, I console myself that I think I'll probably finish higher than you in the uh, online tournaments, but the army's good luck with that, pal. Yeah. I'm gonna, I can't wait to finish yeah. above you. But the uh, the army you're both producing are going to outshine mine by quite a way. And and to, to be honest, Jay, the, the the response you've had online, I mean, it is justified, it looks beautiful, but you must be pleased with what people mm. have said. I am, actually. We'll talk about that when we get to my week mm. in hobby. But, uh, yeah, Gil, good. you go next. Uh, so I've been working on some uh, goblin bases and my wing it. Um, <laughs> I've, yeah. I've not done too much to it, um, but... I no, made, you've done enough. Uh, what I did, I made a mistake decent. with the bases, because um, I forgot how I did them. So all my other bases look a bit darker than the last. But they're getting covered in snow, so it should be fine. It'll be fine, yeah, it will be fine. I mean, if there's one thing I've learned through the years of doing hobby is, I mean, it really should, as a basic tip, if you make a mistake, who cares? Just move on, exactly. it'll get covered up by a highlight or something Just later. Burn it. No one Covering up mistakes without actually going back and repainting it is a, a massive time saver. No, indeed. I was going to say, do you remember when everything was metal? I remember you used to spend ages getting the models and then after playing with them for about two months, the chips to hell and you're like, oh, no. Oh, yeah. 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 That's what... That, oh, you've weathered your models, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, they weren't weathered last time. Oh, those chips look really good. Oh, thank you, because they're rats. <laughs> yeah, chips. how did you do that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, chips in the armour. <laughs> so you've done that. I did The wing It is looking good, actually. You assembled it quickly. It took me ages to assemble it. Well, I did it the morning it came, like, by, like, what, 30 minutes? That's mad. It was good. I mean, it's a really pretty model as well. It's mm. nice. It's, what, it's, oh, it's really cat's got my headphones. <laughs> Leave the headphones alone, cat. Are you being assaulted by your cat? I am. Keith's having me. I can hear my dog barking out the window because Lindsay's just gone yeah. to the shop. My, my favourite uh, point about cats um, was from Terry Pratchett where he said cats used to be worshipped as gods 2,000 years ago and they've never forgotten. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. And that's pretty much it for my weekend hobby. I've done some other bits and bobs on my own stuff, like some 40k and stuff, but nothing Kings of War related. Mm-hmm. You played your call to arms game? I did. I played a guy who I knew from a gaming club like 20 odd years ago, so it was nice to catch up. Mm. 
It's called Chris. Yeah, he will, have, he will have looked at that, licking his lips. He would have done, rubbish. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, Chris Butterworth, he was called. Uh, he had dwarfs as well. Uh, it was going really well, but I just couldn't get through his high defence with my little tiny goblins. Mm. If only he'd taken a proper list. <laughs> if only. I keep on wasting my big guys as well. I'm a giant got flanked and then d- destroyed my um, slasher. Yeah, I know. It's so easy yeah. to do that, isn't it? I'm like, oh, it's a giant. I'll run into that unit. Nope, can't actually kill that unit. I think if you, like, look at how you used to play Warhammer, where you'd have, like, a guy and a dragon or something, <clears throat> you, you you would keep it back as a threat. Yeah. And I think they're the way, that's the way to play the big griblies in this still. Like, just threaten. Because people don't want to charge a crap unit of goblins thinking, oh, I'm going to get a giant in the flank next turn. And that, that that's almost better than charging your giant. Well, it is, because you'll lose your giant. Indeed. So. Uh, it was really good, though. Like, uh, the flea bags did well. I did, I, everything was wounded, and I, I did manage to score some points. I think I scored, like, nine points. But I just, <coughs> I just right. couldn't kill anything, really. Mm. I found that with goblins. That's why I put loads of minces in. See, I'm putting minces in the next list. Mm, I like minces. You've got enough stuff to protect their flanks as well. Yeah. I kept on doing the thing. I kept on um, over-deploying. So I'd, <laughs> I'd run out of space after my three hordes and then I'd be like, well, what can I do now? Mm-hmm. Have you tried putting your hordes in front of stuff and then moving through? I did. I put my, um, my uh, what they call, flea bags behind them and moved the flea bags through first turn. Yeah, yeah so that's okay. Uh, I think watching your game, I, I, I think you know you got you were unlucky with the dice rolls. I would probably just say that working on... Um, Target selection is probably where I'd go because when you charge your flea bags into the uh, defense six golems. Like... <laughs> oh well, is that what you were doing? Well, I... Christ Almighty! I could take them, <laughs> but you did it in the flank, though, right? No, no. <laughs> I did it right in the front <laughs> over terrain. <laughs> so I was hitting on fives. Oh, hitting on fives, hitting on sixes. Boss. I got two through. I didn't roll a double six though. That's so. okay. Yeah, that, that's not good. <laughs> that was my plan. Mm. <laughs> you turn, get a horde. Put, get a horde with brewer strength. Bosh. <laughs> no, we enjoyed the game. I, did, I really enjoyed it. We didn't use the chest clock either, and we still finished it with it within like the the time limit, which was good. Yeah, that is good. Yeah. Did uh, you use the time clock, Ben? Yes, I did. Um, we didn't run out at all. It was good. Um, but I, 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 I'm the more I use it uh, in tournament game. The more I'm enjoying it, I think it, it just it takes it along better. It gives you that sense of jeopardy a bit, and uh, yeah, yeah, I, I like it as well. And, and I, I mean, I, I'm as guilty as anyone in slow play, so so I'm sure it makes people enjoy playing against me more. <laughs> yeah, I, I I enjoy it. I think that there's a bug on it. They've fixed the bug now, but it didn't switch over about halfway through. We found that in our game. It was still running down the same person's clock. But um, it didn't matter. We finished with over 30 minutes each left on the clock. <laughs> we only started with 80. So, yeah, it was good. Um, yeah, so my week in hobby or period in hobby has been quite productive. Um, I'll talk about my Call to Arms game first because that's we're on that subject. So I played JJ Jones, <coughs> best name ever. He was a really nice guy, actually. Totally restored my faith in uh, Kings of War after my last game. I was honestly laughing through the whole game. It was just really enjoyable. Well, did you use um, um, speakers and stuff, headphones and stuff? Yeah, awesome. yeah, we, um, we we did a Facebook call uh-huh. and played over that way. Yeah, that's so what we did. He's in a, yeah. Um, I forgot. He was running uh, Northern Alliance, so he had been playing Varangur, but he found that they weren't quite good enough, so he started using the 
Northern Alliance. Um, he had two massive hordes of um, Frostfang Cav. Oh, nice. So they're, they're disgusting, to be honest. <laughs> yes, they so they are. were deployed behind, behind his lines. Um, and he left me a charge on one of the units so I could fly over his army. And he thought, yeah, they'll be able to take that unit of whites and a vampire on a peg. But they didn't. <laughs> they, um, I did 15 wounds with mega rolls wow. and, uh, and took them off. And then, unfortunately, that meant his army, that was it, really. They were sort of facing the wrong way, and he moved another unit to block them up. I think he may have just forgotten that I had flying, or I'm not sure, but I just flew over the top of that unit and then took the other unit out. And then, <clears throat> pretty much by turn three, I don't think he had very much left at all. My vampires just walked forward and just took everything off. Everything just went my way. My rolls were good. His rolls were rubbish. He started rolling really well in like the last <laughs> turn. <which> is, <laughs> and my, my dice left me, but by then he had about three units left. So, But it, it was enjoyable. And to be honest, I, I took the vampires just because I wanted to see how the army that I'm painting would do in a competitive environment. And they were just so good. They just, they just cut. They just would not die. <laughs> Life leech and everything. Undead, so, you know, how appetite. <laughs> yeah, they just honestly those soul weaver infantry. Just whatever they hit, they just absolutely decimate. Well, well, we played a practice so game, didn't we? You are. We played the practice game, didn't we? With um, your goblin, my goblins versus your vampires. Yeah, that was a draw, wasn't it? It was. Mm. I, I played. I let you win. Well, I let you get the draw. <laughs> how did you Thank find? You. How did you find the phantoms? Uh, having added them, I think they're brilliant myself. There's no. We, you can't have fan phantoms in the undead army. So. Wraiths. No, no. The, the, the defense six things. Wraiths. Is that them? Anyway, how did you find them? Yeah, yeah, I found them very good. Actually, very useful. Yeah. Um, yeah, they are. They just hold everything up. You just put them in a bit of terrain so people are hitting you on fours or fives and then defence six. Yeah, they're, they're good. They, they take about two or three wounds and unless they roll well, they're, they're staying there. And mm-hmm. then obviously they've got life leech. You can heal them up. And Yeah, I found them really useful. It's annoying because I didn't want you to be right, but they, <laughs> you were right. <laughs> they were nice. To be honest, those two units instead of another horde of whites is probably what started that list winning games really. Because I can pick my fights yeah. while the wraiths hold things up, rather than just shoving everything in. And the vampire lord on Pegasus, <clears throat> combined with a unit of whites, I did some basic maths, and like the whites should be doing about ten wounds or nine wounds, um, but that's not usually enough to shift a unit. But then if you can get another three or four off the vampire, then that there's not much that's more than dash seventeen. Yeah. So. They, they, that does it. So I'm all, I'm trying to find a way of putting another peg in to run with my other unit of whites. So it'll be peg and whites into a unit every time. But, but the thing is, Lady Alona. I know some people don't think she's very good, but she just went into a horde or something and just stood there, and then that unit was blocked for nearly the whole game. Yeah, you did to my and, goblins, oh, didn't you? you know, she, yeah. Oh, I think that's what yeah. I was thinking of. Yeah. They, yeah. In, in the game against JJ. She just, she was just so annoying. She just kept disengaging and running into characters and running into monsters. And it's like he was like, oh, I don't know whether to ignore her and charge something else. He's like, I can't ignore her, so he charged her, and it's like minus one to hit defense six. He's like, oh, I should have charged something else. <laughs> <laughs> She's just really frustrating. It's great. I've ordered the model now as well. I ordered it yesterday. I've gone for the Games Workshop um, Isabella 
the newish one. Nice. You know. Yeah. So I was trying. I was looking at my list and thinking, how oh, have I painted this many points? And I've only got a couple more units to do. Well, where was all the points? And I thought, oh yeah, Lady Alona, two hundred and eighty <laughs> points. So that that's going to be a nice day, like six hours, a quarter of your army yeah. done. <laughs> so <clears throat> yeah, but it was a great game. Really enjoyed playing him. Um, he has got a podcast or that he does with his girlfriend. I did say I'd mention it actually. Let me just find it on Facebook. Um, Oh, it, it's called the Eternal Echo Entertainment Podcast Network on Apple Podcasts. So I think it's just about general hobby stuff. So and he does it with his wife. His wife plays as well, which is nice. So we both had a good chat about that, saying that it's really nice to have a partner that is into that sort of thing, into mm-hmm. hobby. So you know, you don't really need anyone else. You can just have a game. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, but but in this environment, COVID, like that is true. To, to be able to sit with your girlfriend or your wife and do some hobby or, you know, have a game of Magic the Gathering mm-hmm. or whatever, it's it's really valuable. It's really Great. nice. Yeah. Get your hobby fixed. So, <clears throat> yeah, I've painted a lot. Um, I don't know if I'd finished my whites last time we spoke, but they are now finished. So I've got two units of whites using the Night Haunt models with some really lovely trees on there. I've finished the bases now as well. Um, and then I went for some Mantic Gargoyles. Um because I wanted to try and fit some Mantic models in. Um, the kit was all right. They're hard plastic. So, you know, there's a lot you can do with that. Um, they didn't go together particularly well, and getting the flash off the heads was really annoying. Um, I hate taking... You know where the neck is when that bit's attached to yeah. the sprue? Mm-hmm. But it's also got the hole in it that puts it onto the neck, and you're trying to trim that bit of flash off <laughs> yeah. without taking part, part, part of the chin off. That's really yeah. annoying. But that, that it was all right, you know, sharp scalpel. That's what does that. Um, <clears throat> but I um, con- I just converted. I say converted, I don't know. I heated up the wings and melted them so they look like they've got their wings wrapped around them. So, f- so for the ones that haven't come to life yet, I've painted them in complete stone. They are on Facebook. People probably will have seen them by the time this comes mm-hmm. out. Because um, you're famous now. Uh, what? Yeah, pretty much, <laughs> just from painting some gargoyles. Um, so, so they're wrapped. They're, they've got their arms wrapped around them, their wings wrapped around them, and then the other ones that are actually already come to life. They're in the trees, flying through the trees, which look quite nice. Really nice. Um, little very nice. I haven't had anybody whinge yet that they're actually as a death pack, and death packs can't fly. So, <laughs> um, Not, I'm gonna, I'm but it's okay. Now. But it's it's okay because everybody that I play against will say that's fine and I've got I've got an alternative if I was to take that unit to an event I'll I'll have a separate unit of a death pack and I'll just run that during the game and then for the painting awards I'll stick the gargs back yes. out um but yeah they look, look nice and I really enjoy doing it uh, just absolute absolute joy that they're, they're really good those mm. models they're my my favorite mantic models that I've had so far no so, yeah I mean the, the effect you've uh, got is good. I mean the the We've talked before about the diorama effect of the you know options with with, with uh, Kings of War, and you've you've that you've nailed it there. It feels like a graveyard with harpies or, or, or whites or whatever you want to call it. You know, coming at you. It yeah, really yeah they really it really do look good. I'm really happy. I'm really proud of them. I don't want to come across cocky. They're just, <laughs> it just I don't honestly. I don't want to sound like a dick, but they they just come out so well. I love them. They're just great. Everything went right. It's just one of those units, just, just every time I put the brush on it, I was like, oh, oh actually, no, that looks good. So, <laughs> um, 
Well, I did. I blended the Nighthawk models. Yeah, take us through how you do that. Uh, that that looks amazing, and I believe. So I've done. You, I, you look. They, they couldn't believe it wasn't airbrushed, which it wasn't. Yeah. Well, there's basically there's two ways that I blend. I blended the gargoyles one way, and I blended the whites the, the other way so the whites have got smooth cloaks so i started with black so they were sprayed black then i added some red to that black mm-hmm. and then it's weird when people blend they send, tend to use the brush in the wrong direction but you put the lighter color on and then you pull it into the darker color and a lot of people put the light color on and try and pull it down because they want to make a certain area lighter but you actually pull the lighter color into the darker color make sure it's really watered down and then do that a couple of times and sometimes you're just putting water on the brush just to like thin it out again so just talk <clears> anyway, about that so technique, keep... Jay, because again this is something that i i'm, I'm mm-hmm. not quite so, so essentially you would have like a line of paint water paint at one part of the model and you would use a brush just to pull that paint across that, that's to the, it yeah the side. you just pull it yeah but I mean, you don't put too much paint on or it'll dry before you get to it. So you just put a bit on and then you're literally pulling it into the dark area. So like, imagine you have drawn a line of red and you're pulling that line out into the black. That's what you're doing. And you just keep adding water. Uh, you know, to, so, so at the top part of the model, it'll be pretty much just water and a tiny bit of red where it meets the blackest part of the model. And then as you go down, you'll add a bit more red. But then when you get with mine, because they're very red at the bottom, about halfway down, then I changed direction and started pulling it in the other direction to get it really red mm. down there. Because you can't, from the bottom of the model, you can't really pull it up very much. So you, you're pulling it down onto that. And when, when but, you're doing that, because obviously one of the questions, one of the problems I've always had is with gravity. So do you essentially have to get the surface you're pulling in, into a vertical position or horizontal position? Uh, I don't know. I didn't really notice what I was doing in that, in that respect. I think I probably had the model on its side, yeah. I think I probably did do. Yeah. Essentially, when I've tried that technique before, um, you know, because it's wet, it just runs back, and I'm like, it's not doing it. Oh, right, I'll tell you what, that's what it is then. So the, the paint that you actually put on the model isn't completely soaking. It's, fair, it, it, it's, strong, it's thick enough to stay on the mm. model, but then you wash your brush and then put the water onto the model and then pull it away so it stops it all running right. down. And you, and you do it quickly. It's not like... It's almost, it's quite, it's not a very, what's the word? It's a messy process. It's not a really, um, I can't think of the word that I'm trying to say here. It, it's not like a thorough, no, that's not it. Anyway, whatever. <laughs> it, it, you can be a lot more messy than you think yeah. you have to be. You don't have to be so, totally neat. You mm-hmm. can just keep adding water. And if you, if you cock it up, it doesn't matter because you can just put another layer on and just do it again. Um, it isn't hard. And it's just... It's mainly about the speed in which you do it, like I say, so that it doesn't all run down. Mm-hmm. Well, let, let me explain what I did with the gargoyles, and that'll, that, that's a much easier way of doing it. So with the gargoyles, I would just put black on the wings, and then I got... Um, right, so with the, the night haunts, I went from black all the way to Wild Ride of Red, adding a bit of paint all the time on my wet mm-hmm. palette so that the paint was the same every time, whereas with the gargoyles, I went black straight to corn red, and I just put the corn red halfway down the ring, wing all the way to the bottom actually as corn yep. red just slightly watered down then added water to the brush and then pulled the edge where it meets the black that was it and then i went straight up to evil sun scarlet and then put that third in between the corn red and the edge of the wing and then did the same again and then at the end i just highlighted the edge in wild rider red, red which is a lot quicker process and looks almost as mm-hmm. good so but because the because uh, the gargoyles are textured you obviously wash that 
to get the recesses looking yep. better. Mm-hmm. So I wa- wash that with Agrax. Uh, and that neatens up any of the where the blend meets and it doesn't look perfect. It covers all that up so you don't notice it. Okay. So if, you wa- so if you're washing, you don't need to be and, and so, so neat, Again, that's an interesting one. Because I tend to base coat ink, then highlight on top. Um, that's my standard way of doing it. With, with the technique you're using there, you, you'll do your blending and then you'll wash on top to pick out the highlights at the end. Or the... Uh, yeah, well, if it, if it's got yeah. recesses, yeah, definitely. But if it's a smooth coat, you won't wash it at all. In fact, you won't even wash like a smooth. To be honest, cloaks, I won't wash them oh, either. Right. Um, I mean, maybe if there's a really deep recess on the cloak, I might put a little bit in, but I won't wash the whole cloak because you're essentially washing you it really already do. by adding the water to it. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, you are. You are. You really are. Um, and if you've already got already got black on as an undercoat, you can avoid those recesses. Or you can put put a little bit of your red in there and then less next time. Mm-hmm. Sounds complicated, but it's really easy. Blending is the most enjoyable part of painting for me as well. I really like the effect it gives. I mean, you've got wet blending as well, which is different. That's where you put um, two colours that you want blended from one to another. So let's say you're doing blue to purple. <coughs> you put blue on, blue on the top of the cloak, purple on the bottom. And in the middle where it meets, that paint is wet and you're essentially just mixing it on the cloak. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. <clears throat> that that's a, that's another nice way to do it. But I'll I'll, put, I'll try and do a tutorial and put it on. Um, okay, I mean the effect you've YouTube. got. Oh, Mister Mister Internet Mr. Is breaking up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I've got all the bandwidth now. Oh Jesus! Not this yeah. again. <laughs> He's playing two computer games. <laughs> oh, that'll be it then. Are you there, Ben? But you know, I think that that says you know, okay. that it's. <laughs> You've created um, something relatively quickly that looks excellent, which is what we want. We all want to do, really, I suppose. Well, let, let, we're under no illusion here. Those night haunts weren't quick. That was hard. <laughs> yeah, that took me a long time. Long time. Long time. Um, you're looking at. I had all ten in front of me, and it took me a day. And I'm talking like a ten-hour day to blend that. Okay. So. Uh, Whereas. The gargoyles, that took two hours. Yeah. You know, it's a it's a different technique. It's a lot quicker, and it doesn't look. It, does it look six times better on the night haunts? Probably not. So maybe it's better to do it the gargoyle way. Mm. It depends how quick you want to be. Absolute certainty for a character or something, you would do it the hard way. Mm. But it's enjoyable. So it's not. It, it, it's, it it's you. It's you. <laughs> 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 Mister Bandwidth. I've got all the bandwidth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Do you need a better time to sort that out, or are you? <laughs> turn your video off. He just doesn't listen, does he? Right. Okay. I'll turn that off. I'm doing the. Inter- I'm doing a speed check as we speak. <laughs> as we speak. Speedtest.net. <laughs> yeah, as we speak, but he doesn't. Ho- ho- hopefully, that'll help. Now the video's off. Just say a few Hello, words. Hello. Can you hear me again? See, that's a lot better, yeah. isn't it? It's almost like at the start when I said, why don't you turn your video off? <laughs> <laughs> that, that was a good idea. Um, yeah, uh, it's probably quite difficult to pe- for people to follow that explanation of bandwidth, but if you just listen to it three or four times, you'll get it. <laughs> bandwidth, blending. <laughs> mm. Anyway. Yeah. I'll have to do a tutorial for that. A lot of people are really scared of blending. It's just... But once you've got it, it's great. It's just once you know what you're doing, it's lovely. 
You are. It's just a pain in the ass. It when is, you start it can, it it, on one thing, you've got to do it on the rest of the everything else. Well, that's true, yeah. I don't think I'd ever blend, you know, 70 infantry or anything. Indeed. <laughs> I don't see me blending but even 140 then, goblins. Even then, at the end of a cloak, so say if you're doing elves, you know the bottom of the cloak? Yeah. Um, yeah. When you, do a hi- when you do a highlight, imagine you're highlighting, say, your penultimate highlight, so it's a bit thicker, it's not the edge highlight. If you water that down and pull that into the cloak instead of doing a highlight, that is, a, that is blending, and it will... It looks really good. It's really nice. It's sort of like a, a highlight stroke blend. And that's the best way to start, really, with that one panel on that highlight. Who's lagging now? Not me. Not me. I can hear you both very well. It is, Ben. All right, fine. <laughs> Let's move on. Um, so that was that. I enjoyed that. The trees, Lindsay made the trees. People keep saying, did you make your own trees? And I keep wanting to say yes, but no, she no, didn't. Again, they, they I mean, good. I can't... I, I can do them, but she's just a lot better at it. What does she do? Is it um, a, wire, a twisted wire and then... Um... I'm not going to tell you. She doesn't okay, want to tell people. Okay. She, wants to, she, she wants to sell them. She's <laughs> <laughs> mm. She mastered the art that on the last lockdown. It did start off with texture paints, but not anymore. She's using this magical... The new method. Well, I do want her to do me some um, some cherry blossom trees for my uh, oriental mm. Yeah, she's looking at that. It's just trying to find the foliage. For it. I'm actually buying these trees off her that I'm using on my bases because <laughs> they were meant, they were meant they meant to go on an Etsy page. But I was like, oh, come on, let me have them. And she was like, oh, but I was like, oh, come on. So yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to have to pay for those. Right, let's move on. Um, I haven't done anything else in my hobby. I, I've, I've assembled all my executioners. Oh, they they do look awesome. Nice. Like, I've never mm. seen them yeah, um, built that way before. I, I've never seen them like that before either. They look so good. Yeah. So my executioners, the dark, dark elf executioners, are going to be my vampires. So I said, and I mean like vampire infantry, soul reaver infantry. They look sick. So I'm I'm struggling at the moment to decide whether to do bone swords or actual silver swords. So, because their masks are going to be bone, and I'd quite like to have something tying it in. But I'll do one, yeah. and I'll put it in the group, and we can have a look. Right, let's move on to the new releases anyway. That was a good good period in hobby for us, mm. that. Done loads. I don't know if my computer's working here. What's going on? It won't let me drag this. Oh, that's right, because I'm not touching the right area, because I'm an idiot. <laughs> right, so we wanted to talk about the TT Combat Undead Halflings. Mm. So I don't know if you've se- if anyone's seen these. I, I am. They're beautiful. They are lovely. So, so they're currently on pre-order and they're released on the 27th of November. So this is an excellent time to do this podcast. It means you can get them next week if you're quick. So you can order a whole army for 100 quid, which is cheap. <laughs> That's great, isn't it's it? It's awesome. A whole army for 100 In fact, the, the units themselves aren't expensive, and there's a couple of websites that are doing 25% off, but I can't remember where they are at the moment. But like the, the halfling mummies... If you were going, if you wanted to do an Empire of Dust mummy army, just buy all the halfling mummies yeah. and be done with it. <laughs> well, the, 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 uh, um, the, the, the I don't know you call them deaths riding the little horses. They're beautiful as well. Yeah, I guess they'd be. I, they could probably be used for Revenant Cav or Soul Weaver infantry, mm. couldn't they? I mean, Soul Weaver yeah. cavalry. Use them for either, but yeah, they, they essentially are a halfling version of the Hex Wraiths, I yeah. would say, from Warhammer. Yeah. 
And then you've got a little vampire lord. He looks mint. He <laughs> looks like the vampire a from t- um, oh, Sesame Street. One. He oh, does. Oh. Yeah, Count von Count. Yeah. yeah. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. And then they've got some spirits which you could use as wraiths. Um, there's not really any large infantry. There's some werewolves, but there's not really anything you could use as whites at the moment. I suppose you could use the um, halflings uh, spirits as whites if you put enough on there. Made that look yeah. cool. Uh, there's a lot. The zombies look great. All all of it looks great, and it's inexpensive. There's some really nice characters in there. The necromancer looks good. The white lord looks good. Oh, they've got two catapults available. Yeah, they just look mint. Mm-hmm. And and for a hundred quid, that box, there's got how many points do you reckon are in um, there? I mean, you, I'd say you've got a good 1,200. Mm. Well, that vampire on foot's going to be 100 points, isn't he? A bit more. Yeah, yeah, about 1,200 points in there. That's, and, and let's face it, if you paint, there's less surface to paint on them, so they're not going to take that long to paint. <laughs> no, it's, it's great. It's I mean, really you know, from, from the days of the Halfling Hotpot, uh, there's never been, or at least it's always been hard to find good Halflings, uh, and particularly ones that you want to convert somewhere else. This is uh, yeah. Uh, if you're a halfling fan, this is uh, this is like Christmas. Yeah, it's. I mean, yeah. I mean, oh, halfling undead. I mean, they. Oh, Halloween. <laughs> excellent. I mean, they they already did a halfling army, uh, which I've seen around, and the halfling army itself looks great. I mean, you know, they've got halfling hot pots in that. I don't Indeed. know if you've seen them. Yeah. But yeah, there's there's tons. They're just so good, and they're cheap. They're just brilliant. Actually, those halfling tree men, I wonder how big they are, because they could almost be used as um, forest shamblers if they're mm-hmm. big enough. Um, yeah, great. I, I love them. I think they're really good. Um, I really want some, but I don't. They just won't fit with my army, but I was so excited when I saw them. I was like, oh, no, no. Shall I have two undead armies? <laughs> uh, would you buy those, Gil? Uh, I would. Uh, they look cool, and I think I prefer the um, normal halflings. Yeah, I swear I've got a bit of a boner for Undead at the moment. Yeah, so. I'm, I'm not a big fan of Undead. Like, I'm looking at the other stuff as well they have on there, like the other vampire stuff. It's really nice. Yeah. Is it? Mm-hmm. There's a, some vampire heroes, but the only problem I had with it is I found the website a little bit hard to navigate. Like, I was trying to look for vampires, and I did, they've got fantasy heroes, home raids, relics, space swarm, carnivale. Yeah. I think ca- carnivale is a bit like Malifui, blood bowly looking stuff, isn't it? Yeah. Rumble Slam, but I, where are the vampires? Are they in Fantasy Heroes? I, I just typed in vampire, but the vampiric aristocracy look really good, actually. I, I imagine that's from Carnivale. Uh, there's some Van- great models, not just on the you know the, the whole range. They've got some some good ones in there to pull out, mm. really. Mm. See, it helps if you can spell because I can't spell. <laughs> well, I can, but. Oh yeah, there the vampiric aristocracy. Yeah, see, I, yeah, I looked at that before. I thought she'd make a good lady alone. That's what middle. I was just thinking too. Mm. Mm. Yeah, some pretty cool models there. Anyway, they're very good. And if you're into halflings and into undead, then it's a <laughs> double whammy. So definitely get on those. But that's up for pre-order now. So I imagine something like that would sell out. It's so good. Oh yeah, I think so too. I mean, look the the. The ogres are nice as well. I mean, the whole range. I'd recommend everyone to have a look through all they've got. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to get more into Mantic at the moment, so I should probably avoid this, like, <laughs> big time. Um, I've, been, I've been trying to put together a Mantic army of all the models that I like from Mantic, but 
it ends up being tw- 20 units of gargoyles <laughs> and loads of characters and like ghouls so there we go um, speaking of Mantic models the open day was yesterday it was. wasn't it it was uh, and there's been some nice uh, reveals on that particularly for you good time to be into goblins girl. indeed like the goblin heroes and the um, uh, look at regiment it's nice I wonder how much the Luggett Regiment's going to be. Ah, you see, because yeah, cause you showed me the, the two models, and they're like 15 quid for two. And it's like, mm, yeah, can't really get you in. It'd be hard to make an estimate, but for, for what, what do you get, 10? I believe so. so yeah, 10. I reckon that'll be like 39. Nah, I reckon nine. you're going for uh, 25 quid at the most, 19, where I pitch it. Uh, it depends if they're, if they're plastic, plastic or resin, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. But but if they are plastic, then nineteen pound ninety nine for twenty, then that that makes that um, fifteen quid box redundant. Uh, yeah. So yeah. And there's a uh, goblin whiz on more beast that looks cool as well. Yeah, that looks good. They, but both, although I would say the goblin bigot on more beast. Uh, there's something cute about that more beast. I'm looking at it. I think it looks like my doggy. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it is a bit cute. It is. But the gob- goblins, funnily enough, they've always had that sort of feel to them like whenever I've seen them on the tap table you're sort of like oh aren't they adorable <laughs> yeah oh wait there's like 15 fanatics in that unit ouch <laughs> yeah I'm just trying to find the pictures now god when the hell did you send those yes, if you go... it must have been where are they oh yeah here. if you so click I'm on Hardcast podcast God. at the top of the chat and then click on media it takes you to all the pictures yeah I know I'm fully aware of that <laughs> okay. you're supposed to be the technical one but you? I just I just vainly wanted to scroll through all my pictures of gargoyles while I was looking for them. <laughs> I do like yeah, the Luggett Regiment. The new Rackie look awesome. That is so good. Yeah, I like the, the Death Engine. The flag it awesome. on Morbius looks good, actually. I'm not that keen on the Death Engine. So, oh, see, I really like it. Like, it's a different aesthetic to I think any of the Rat King kind of thing. Well, that's true. I think I had something already in my mind of what I thought it would look like, mm. and it was a bit scaveny. So I think, exactly, whereas this is like no, World War right, II or World War One kind of. Yeah, but I think I think yeah, with the actually. crossover of the models with their kind of um, what's it the 40k style uh, vermin kit. Yeah, I, I think that you're going to see the vermin kit as more of that kind of steampunk almost. Yeah, yeah you're right. Actually, yeah, um, which, which is, it works. I personally the the uh, I don't know how he is really the the scoodoozy look that big monster. I know. Yeah, he's great, isn't he? Because I I've, I say if I if if I hadn't already done my abyssal things, I think I may have found a model there I'd want to use for that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with you. That it's very nice. That I'm just going to Google that and see. If yeah, it's I couldn't. I couldn't find it. Well, it says it's the Vanguard. Yeah. So, oh right, no, it's Demon Spawn of Jew. That's uh, Ratkin, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it is. So that that's the Ratkin. Um, big mm-hmm. monster. You know the one I was going to yeah. run with the lightning bolt yeah. and all that. Yeah. Uh, see again, this is starting to push me back into Ratkin, but no, I've <laughs> got to finish this army. Got to finish all the other armies. You... But that is quite good though, because now there's some Ratkin models been released or, or they're coming. It does mean we can go halves on that box set. Indeed, and there's Salamander um, yep. heroes too. Oh yeah, there is, isn't there? Yeah, there's one of those that I really like. The, that Ratkin birthing daughter <laughs> is. Uh, <laughs> I love that model. But it's not how I imagined the birthing daughter. Uh, no. <laughs> I thought it would be someone like on their back in a NHS hospital <laughs> corridor, <Just> <laughs> in a waiting room, waiting for a bed. 
<laughs> yeah, but I mean, right, the, the other one at... that's the, going to be talked about is the uh, the, the, the Elf Dracon Riders. Um, they are so oh, of course, precious. yeah. They, they, you know, they, they are what we want. They've smashed it they with really them, actually. Yeah. 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 They are good infinitely size, better than the other ones. <laughs> yeah. There was the one good one, wasn't there? In uh, was, was it in... Um, um, Jesus, um, the dungeon crawler wasn't there a good one in yeah. there? Yeah. But now, th- th- these nice are, uh, you know, th- I, I just love the poses. Um, I mean, the, the, it, it, it is a unit you'll see a lot of in any case. Yep. But now you've got models mm-hmm. um, that are really lovely. I expect this. And, yeah, they 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 turned the corner a while ago, Mantic. I think with the with the models, but it's actually like they're listening to the community. Well, they do. <laughs> Uh, I think that you know, it's, I, I've always felt that the Mantic hobby is, um, you know, interactive and democ- democratic, which is lovely, mm. rather than the Games Workshop, you know, the fascists of Games Workshop. <laughs> yeah, true. I was looking forward to seeing what they would do for a mutant rat fiend, actually, and I love that model. I think that looks so good. You seen it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you must have done because you sent the pictures. Yeah, it looks really good. Um, I also really like that ceremonial guard captain for the salamanders. He looks pretty nails. See, I like the priest. It was, yeah, the priest's nice too. Did they have any idea on when these would be coming out? Uh, I, sadly, I didn't watch it because uh, I was mm. at work. Oh, we'll have to find Indeed. out. Indeed, but, but I, I think, I think yeah, generally, good. Mantic have nailed it with the you know, assuming there's nothing else. This is a good release, um, improves the hobby range and armies that didn't have models before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. I wonder if the um, Death engine can be built as a death engine spewer. Be interesting. Oh, so, well, even if it can't, it doesn't really matter, does it? Because it already, you could just use it as that. Yeah. Do you remember that rapier laser destroyer from Forty K? I do. It reminds me of that a bit. Yeah. Oh, I can't believe I didn't know what Scud look was after I've looked at that Ratkin <laughs> rulebook for about yeah. four hundred times. Right, okay, let's move on. They're good. Everything's good. Nothing bad has happened in the world of hobby. <laughs> right, next up, what do we normally do next? Um, hero, so the uh, unit of the month, or the period. Okay, and that is Gil's new favourite cheaty unit, isn't it? Yep. You know, the one that he runs as flea bags with movement 10. <laughs> well, you didn't stop me. <laughs> No, I didn't. You're right. <laughs> oh yeah. Also, in this game, I played against Gil. He um, had seven more. Um, what are they called? More pup, more cages. pup cages. And and by the end of the game, he had seven unused more before pup cages. <laughs> oh yeah. I also didn't tell him about that. I was like, oh, I forgot about that. Not not my army. Not my problem. I mean that that more pump, that, that is a, a really great rule for uh, the goblins. I think when you put it on the uh, the flea bag riders, uh, whatever they call mm-hmm. it. Did you use it in your call to arms game when you couldn't kill anything? Uh, no, because I didn't have them. Because oh. okay. I'd forget about them. Because that that might help. <laughs> Remember when we used to get a tournament and Annie was running undead and yep. she used to have like big si- signs in front oh, of her saying yeah. fear. It's not like to remind her. Yeah, you should do that. Just put a post-it note on your computer, on your laptop at the top, saying more pup cage. Right, so the more beast pack, um, that's where you'll find the rules for this, on page 358. 
And at the bottom, there's an option to upgrade upgrade to Magwans, <laughs> <laughs> which you can only do which you can only do once on a regiment, and it makes them no longer irregular. So you can slot those in whenever you want, and it increases their defense to four, and it's only ten points, which I like. Very good. Yeah. So, I mean, you can probably usually always get an irregular unit in a goblin army anyway, yeah. but. Um, it does mean you can just slot a bit of a cav in, doesn't it? If, even if, if you've got no irregular available. And it's, what, 130 points? Yep, yep 130. Yeah, that's what it works uh, out. It's, it, the nimble, for me, is the thing on there. You know, It's uh, hitting on threes, crushing one with nimble. You're getting in the flank very often, particularly with mm. your uh, big uh, hordes that aren't going to go down first turn. And there ain't going to be a lot of things that aren't going to you know, really uh, suffer from that. So, so I think I think the great support for the rest of the army, the wild charge offers a really, you know, that extra bit of range, which we'll talk about a bit more in movement. But you know, that 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 just keeps everyone on the toes. And for 130 points, that's the same as a, you know, a, a character in other armies, and it's units in three. So even if you do nothing with it, it's it's contesting a huge amount of uh, control for uh, not a lot of points. Yeah, they've got wild charge D3 as well, haven't they? Ambitious. Ambitious, yeah, they're very good. Are you um, able to put a magic item on a unique regiment upgrade? Don't believe so. No. That's a shame. I thought you could. Um, I shall just check that real, but I... I... Weren't people putting magic items on the... um, You can can put magic items on them. You can? You can. because army builder's letting me. (laughs) Oh, Oh, right, well, there you go then. Which army builder? Uh, not the Mantic one. Right, that's okay. Oh, well, that's good then. No, oh, you can put... A, oh, that's nice. Put an item on them. That's, that's pretty handy, isn't it? That is really nice. Because, well, I, again, I think they're pretty good on their own, if I'm honest. But uh... They'd be quite nice with Pathfinder, though, because you could hide them in a forest with their defence four and then use them when you're ready, couldn't you? Because they could get shot off, let's be fair. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, nerve twelve fourteen. That's not great, no. but goblins aren't it, good. It, it at does nerve, say in the so. rules that unique units are units with one limit. Cannot choose artifacts. So. Interesting. Mm. Mm. But, uh, but then, what if I what if I buy buy, buy the unit not upgraded? Buy the item, then upgrade them. Yeah, put it on them and then yeah. upgrade them. <laughs> I think that I think the item falls on, <laughs> like the boots come off on whatever you put stick. On. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I I thought people were putting items on the Wiltfather, which maybe that's just. Haven't the rules changed recently for this thing? I don't know. It takes greater mind than us. Please tell us. <laughs> it looks like you can't, according to um, Colin Robinson. <laughs> And he is the man that knows things, so I guess you can't. You can't, Gil. Oh. Uh, you know, talking about like making the most of your hobby time. Um, while I'm doing this, Lindsay's painting my trees. Bosh. <laughs> <laughs> so it's almost like I'm doing hobby when I'm not. <laughs> Which is fantastic. Let's have a go at Hero versus Monster. I checked the scores. It's 3-1 to Gil. I swear I would want more than this, but... Whatever. So what have you chosen, guys? I well, I've chosen. I had a, I had a good look for stuff that I've never heard of before, and now I've lost my rule book. Here it is. 
So I've gone for <coughs> Varen Gurr, Cursed Son. Uh, and he's upgraded to have Mask of the Reaper, nice. which gives him Life Leech 2. Ooh. For 15 points, that's good, that, is He's it? a really lovely... He is one of the, um, I don't know, hidden uh, characters, in my opinion. People don't seem to say it, but hidden, people don't know about it. Hidden gem. Exactly. He's great. Diamond in the rough. Yes. What um, is there a model for it? I've not seen it. No. I guess it would be something you'd just use from um, the uh, Northern Alliance, wouldn't yeah. you? Yeah. It can have a horse though, so Ooh. you don't get many horses. So. Anyway, um, so I've got him, and he's got the um, blessing, so he's got elite. Also, I've changed the rules. There we go. <laughs> Units with Strider don't benefit from Strider because I'm sick of us both taking units that have got Strider. <laughs> Sorry, I'm taking something that doesn't it, have Strider. So in, the, in the first round, we're hindered no matter what, okay? Okay. Okay. Because it's just bullshit just taking. <laughs> it's, it's pointless. Right then. So I've got a Curse Sun, seven attacks, hitting on threes, life leech two, re rolling ones to hit. Gil's got. A mincer. You can't take a mincer. It's a monster. Really, you've taken a mincer. I am taking a mincer. Right. Well, I'm just—I charge you in the flank then. Got a horse. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is going to get silly now. A mincer, ninety points. Yeah. Are you serious? A mincer. This is pathetic. I'm going to kick her ass uh, with it. I've got. Well, I'm just gonna. Let's have a look. You're not nimble, so I'll just go around the back of you first turn. Well, that's not how it works. Am I allowed to move? <laughs> I have to. St- are we just. Are we stuck in combat? <laughs> yeah. Whatever then. Right. Fine. Well, I, okay. I, Jay, I'm gonna give. I'm gonna predict that you're gonna win this one. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let's let's see what happens. Let's roll to see who goes first. I've rolled a two. I rolled a four. Mm. Off you go, then. So I have. Was it D six plus six? Yep. Uh, there we go. So I'm on eleven. <sighs> <laughs> Whatever, mate. Whatever. Are you mm. losing your thunderous charge, or are you keeping it? No. Oh, yes, he I is. Am. He's losing it, isn't he? Because he's hindered. Awful. So you're hitting me on fives. <sighs> Eleven. Let me guess. Six hits. One. Come on, Gil. This is meant to be entertaining. <laughs> That's three hit. <laughs> three hits. <laughs> three hits. Okay. So you want fours to damage. Fours to damage. Where are you going? Mm-hmm. Uh, nope. Nope. One. None. One. One. Right. One. I have lost a life. Yeah, well, you can't do anything to him because he's dash fifteen. Ho, ho, ho. Now I have a machine gun. <laughs> right then. My yeah, go. Yeah. So threes and Yeah. Three. Here we go. Threes to hit. That is... Ooh, look at this. One, one, one. <laughs> three, 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 four. We'll re-roll those ones because <laughs> of blessing of the gods. And get four, four, six. So that's seven hits, Gil. Yep. Yeah. 
And your defence six, because I'm not allowed to move at all. Exactly. Apparently. Okay. So I want fours to wound. So that's four. Yeah. Um, I will life leech two, so I'm back to five. <laughs> yep. That is a really good it's character. Good, Why it, aren't yeah. people running this? It's brilliant. What, 100 and... 145 points, so 150, 180 with a horse. That's pretty damn good, mm. that. Yeah. He's almost better than a vampire, actually. Like I said, hidden gem. This game, shh. Yes, a hidden gem. <laughs> right, so I've done, what, four wounds here. Yeah. I think you're... What's your nerve? That's 11. Right, bye then. <laughs> bye. So I need, a, I need a seven. An eight. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for coming, Gil. <laughs> I thought I'd give you an easy win. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course you did, yeah. I'll take a mince. Uh... <laughs> right, well, thanks for that. I'm going to use him next week. and I'm going to use him till he dies. Good. You should do. So, he gets a name now because he's 1-1. One, one. Uh, Cursed Son. Could be called Arthur. <laughs> that is that true. Yeah. <laughs> and you should have taken a goblin slash. Um, his name is... <laughs> uh, Derek Von Duckwaffle. <laughs> Derek Von Duckwaffle. Yeah. Talking of, Let me write that down. Do you know something interesting about Lord of the Rings? Because I keep bringing these. Do you know that, um, that oh, no. the character of Merry was originally going to be called Marmaduke when, when uh, Tolkien wrote it? Not Ship. Is that right? Not Shiplap. No. He was called Marmaduke, but he decided to change it. Also, I don't know if I agree with your thing about goblins and orcs being the same. Do you not? No. Mm. I'll have to get a load of I don't know why. <laughs> because there was... Um, yeah, we'll have to, actually. Dave Sweeten will know this. <laughs> but aren't they... I'm, I'm sure... Don't they refer to them as goblins at some point and orcs at another point? Yes, yeah. it's interchangeable. But when you read the the histories, they are the same um, origin. So they're all... all um, What's it called? Corrupted elves. They're not. They're not. They're not different. There may. There may be like regional differences, but that doesn't distinguish them as a, a, a genus. So that's like just saying we're all human then. Yes. <laughs> Even if we're like Chinese or whatever. Yeah. Okay. I can see what you're saying then, but it's shit. <laughs> <laughs> Goblins. <laughs> I watched all the Lord of the Rings again the other day. It was a nice day. That lovely day. I painted everything <laughs> whilst watching it. There's nothing more um, motivational than watching Lord of the Rings while you're painting. I get too enthralled in watching it. I, I stop painting and just watch Lord of the Rings. I've watched them so many times that I can hear what's on the TV and see it in the window <laughs> of my mind. In the window of my mind. <laughs> yep. You know. Right, well, I won. 3 2. Yeah, 3 2. Yes. Our tides have turned. I think that's four correct predictions on my behalf as well. That does sound about right, actually. Which one? Did you got what one? The one you got what bollocks? The one you got wrong was uh, the one where I should definitely have won, yeah, but yeah. rolled really badly. Yeah, yeah. No. yeah, yeah. Or Gil rolled really well. I can't wait to play your army on the table. Got mine. Yeah, I'm looking forward to. I mean, it's going to be a again. long. Yeah, you've. Um... When it's all over, we should have all three of us should meet up at your house. Oh, oh, yeah, we should sense. do that. Would be nice. Then. Well, milk is, milk or even not when pump. it's all over. Yes. Yeah, that that, you, that does help. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, I'm looking forward to that. 
I, yeah, I mean, I'm painting an army that I'm not going to be able to use for quite some time, yeah. aren't I? So, I think we all are. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. All right, let's... Um, what would you like to talk about? Movement. Yes. So, so are we going to do our treatise on movement? Yeah, this will be exciting, everyone. <laughs> I'm going to have to try and make light of this because, you know... Because oh, I'm going to be boring with it. No, no, I'm looking forward Try to it. I'm going to, to I'm going to learn and use it in my next game. I'm called to arms. Okay, so we we went through deployment a little while ago. Um, I didn't now we're going to have a little dis- <laughs> We're going to have a little discussion about about movement. But what can you possibly discuss when it comes to movement? How to move? What are the best moves to make? Why don't you break it down for us, Ben Johnson? Well, thank you. Um, so the end. We've- the end <laughs> so, <laughs> push, yeah, push it forward it's such a broad topic that it's very hard to pick out um, a structure to go around it so I've taken the question of why do we move um, and the I came up with six reasons to move so in a game you're going to be moving six times potentially seven uh, and arguably it is the most important function of an army um, one of the before I go into my six reasons to move I think a good example would be the dwarves, which you know, I regularly look at and think about cheating on my regular army with the dwarves. Um, they've got everything; they look great. Um, but then, when it comes to the table, a much harder army to play because of that lower movement. Um, mm. And and it, it it is it's a critical part of the game. But when you think about you know movement four versus movement five or six, it doesn't seem that big a thing, but it really is. Um, and it's hope- massive in in Kings of War. It's so huge. Yeah. Um, and and I think that. I don't know if there's a way of sorry, putting a coefficient to the movement capabilities of an army. Um, but, but I think that when you look at their MSU armies or, or ones that got lots of flyers, you know, that is what makes them strong. Um, mm. Anyway, having said that, so, so I've kind of come up with six reasons to move. Uh, we can talk about some of the, um, the subtleties and the rules and, and, and the things to do in each of these. So the six things I've come, come up with. So you move to charge, you move to support, you move to threaten, you move to block, you move to take objectives, and you move to get out of danger. So I think that... Okay, I've got, I've got some good points on moving to get out of danger, but we'll come to that at the end. So, so if we start to move to charge, my, my, that's essentially you know, a fundamental part of the game, of course. Um, and we talked before about the, you know, the length of uh, movement, you know, movement six versus four, etc., and that's that's really the point. You move into you want to move into a position where you can get the first charge. Um, alpha charge is still a major part of the game, um, and the the whoever gets the the range uh, advantage is um, winning. And you know if you if you think about those first turns of a game where you're moving into position, you you, you threaten but don't want to be charged. That's that's a large part of what we do in those first few turns. And having a an army that can threaten further is is such a huge advantage. Um, but but fundamentally, moving to charge and being able to charge first—that's it. That's that's great. Mm-hmm. How are you going to do that then? Well, that's a, an interesting point. Um, there are, uh, I'm, there are... I'm movement six, and I'm playing against Cav, yep. an old Cav army. I can't get the first charge, really, can I? You can't, but there are two or three things you can do with that. So the, the first thing, of course, is use your terrain. Um, use your terrain to allow you to take the charge, but it's not to be as devastating. 
Um, the other thing, so hide in a wood, kind of thing. Let him yeah. um, give him a hindered charge, essentially. The, the the other the other natural technique is to use a blocking chaffy unit uh, that will either be taken off or, or will uh, essentially slow down. So they move ahead of yeah. your lower lower speed units, allowing mm-hmm. you to counter charge if they're charged, or alternatively pushing that other unit back. Um, so I move within 12 with my movement 6 yep. and then I put a unit of redirectors or blockers in front of that so if they want to charge they've got to charge the unit in front of me and then I can then count well not counter charge but I can then yes. put another charge exactly. in my turn so that, that's, that's, excellent. that's, that's a, a very common tactic and then the other two that are worth noting is because uh, I'm playing Force of the Abyss a lot at the moment you can have a, a fast moving character for example uh, who can pin? We were talking about a uh, seductress, exactly. Yeah. Uh, who, who's got essentially the maximum move of, of twenty, which most you know it's very unlikely. You're That's not the maximum move. 20, 22 is. I know, I know, but you're not likely to see it. Um, <laughs> so, so she, you know, the idea is that she would go in, pin down, and you come up behind. So, so again, yeah. that that offers another way of counteracting that difference in 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 movement. Um, the other. Uh, elements of avoiding the charge or trying to handle the charges have lots of hit points. Uh, you now the the, the yeah, hammer and true. anvil um, solution, which which is again common tactic, main main rule. You know, you take your horde with dash twenty two or twenty one, twenty three. Not a lot of things are going to take it off turn one, and then your your flankers are going to come in. So so to to deal with mm. charges, there are lots of different ways. But hello, no. Um, is what we're trying to do largely with movement. What is what we're trying to do largely with movement? Get, you dropped oh, out. Sorry, get control of the charge. Excellent. I agree. Okay. So uh, the next is move to support. Um, and what I refer to here is uh, quite simply um, putting yourself in a position whereby you will essentially hammer an anvil um, or you'll be able to, if you are charged or you're going to charge, you're going to back up that move. So two, two examples of that. We talked about the hammer and anvil, so the big horde. You should be, listen here, Gil, because your army should be doing indeed. this. Indeed. Well, you know, the, the unit we spoke about as the unit of the week, that is a perfect support unit. It sits uh-huh. there on the flanks. Mm. It's got a movement, um, potentially 15, uh, with nimble. So it can sit slightly behind that, that, that action line. Um, and if the first charge doesn't take off your main unit, you're coming in the flank. Um, that does two things. That obviously means that if the combat takes place, you've got a much better chance of winning it. But also, and this is a large part of Kings of War in general, it threatens and makes people think, so therefore maybe they won't charge. So they know that they won't take you on the first turn, and the counter charge is going to do them damage. So you could just move up, and they're not willing to engage because they're going to lose. Um, and that support function is key um, to adding adding strength to essentially a weak unit um, but it also allows you to control uh, areas of the board and like we said before that charge uh, order Um, it's that imminent threat that we've talked about a lot isn't it the threat of having something like we talked about with your giant Gil like the threat of the giant sometimes is better than actually using the giant yeah that's what I'm finding to be fair yeah it's um, I've run a a couple of void lurkers and I know Jeff has done the same thing and the good units, don't get me wrong, you, know, you don't want them in the flank or the rear. But the the fear of what they do is sometimes far better than the actual 
effect. And yeah. you know, your, your vampire on the Pegasus, he's good, but seven attacks, yeah, he's probably not going to, you know, you support with something, which will come to him here, great. But actually, the idea of him getting into a position that's, that's threatening is it's going to affect your, where your opponent plays more. <coughs> I, I played a game the mm. other day where I got um, Manifestation of Ball round the back, and he turned four of his units to, to address that. I then moved Ball back into the middle, and he just spent the whole turn <laughs> to, to turning, trying, trying to trying to deal with it. Um, and yeah. and it, it didn't. There was no dice rolled, but the effect on the game was massive. Um, and this, I'll just add something in here. This is where all those characters that you think are rubbish are actually great. So you've got like a, let's look at an elven prince on a horse or whatever with his crappy three attacks. Now he can just go into Bell and do a wound to him so then Bell can't fly. So having one of those characters on a horse is something, you know, I've I've never really liked the idea of those crap characters. But even, like, your bigot on a fleabag girl, like, if he's behind your lines and someone jumps over you to go for your cannons, you're like, well, I'll just put my bigot in and then they can't charge him next turn. So mm-hmm. it, it's that they're really good for that and also like the vampire on the peg if he's on the flank or if he can get into a flank at the same time as i charge something else all of a sudden his 14 attacks is devastating so do they want to charge it that those characters become really useful yeah massively and, and, Espe- uh, even at f- five attack nimble characters i think are great yeah and uh, the, the, there's I, I think most armies have got access to them via either uh their own book or, or the allies um yeah. When I think about my Trident Realms, you know, I had essentially six of those because I had the three um, uh, elites and then the three knuckers, and it, it, yeah. they can just get everywhere. But but I, I think I just want to close off on the support topic with, with again something you talked about earlier, Jay, with having <coughs> a double charge. Um, so yeah. again, the other element of support or moving to support is so that you can put more attacks on than one unit uh, would normally give out. Um, yeah, and and that really tips the balance. So you talked about the individual characters who actually don't look too great, but do me three more wounds, and suddenly it goes from you know don't know to definitely going to break them. Um, yeah, like I said in that game in, in Call to Arms, the <clears throat> nine or ten predicted wounds from the unit of whites combined with the vampire then becomes you know nine to possibly fifteen mm. with his blade of slashing, and then that is that's breaking a unit, isn't it? Yeah, mm. and and one of the things that that we've not really talked about things like meta yet on, on this podcast, but we will get into, but one of the things that is quite popular with top players is um, putting the blade of slashing on a, on a, on a, a, a melee three, not the blade of slashing, sorry, the, uh, the, the brew sharpness on the melee three units. So what you're essentially mm. doing there is overloading that unit. So, you know, you're going to get the win um, and having a, yeah. a, a more confident uh, destruction is a real part of, you know, letting your tactics work because, I think we've all had it in a game where oh, I should get that. doesn't go your way. You've got a unit that's stuck out in no man's land, gets destroyed, suddenly the unit down and bad position. So having that support, making sure, sure that your combat goes the way you want it to uh, is, is a real important part of the game. Um, and you're playing Undead at the moment. One of the worst things about Undead, I find, is that if you don't <coughs> take them off, they regen so quickly um, that you, you, mm. you're essentially... You, 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 it's uphill, um, and if you can't punch through that line, then they're going to come at you. And, and, and multi charges or support charges are the way to do that. And, and managing to place your units so that they're either um, threatening to do so or actually doing so um, again, big part of the game. Mm. Um, oh, oh, what a, a lot of 
this is probably cluster support actually but one of the mistakes I was making a lot at the start was putting my units in a line yeah so if someone char- if someone charges say say I've got three units in the middle of the table and someone charges the right rightmost unit let's say they don't break that unit so they can't reform or anything. Mm-hmm. A lot of the time, that that unit to the left of them sometimes actually isn't in arc to charge them at all, so you've cocked up, so they've got to be a little bit further back so that they can actually get into that unit. That's a really good point. I've made... Uh, I always... It's, it's something I'm, I'm terrible for. Not not just the I, the arc you've talked about there, but I, I'll back units behind each other so that I can't then get that double charge that uh, afterwards. And it, that's, you, know, you, yeah. you don't want units behind each other almost touching you've got to have that space to maneuver to get that charge in um it's it's, yeah. it's an area that uh, again I, I suppose it's <coughs> something experience will tell you but but you you i when i move there's an instinct for me to say well i should Sorry. move because as far as i can because i've got movements to do and and actually mm-hmm. when you move think why am i doing this and and allow yourself to think okay so this is the next step therefore this needs to be an inch and a half behind this unit rather than up its ass. Absolutely. And um, when you win a combat as well, you need to be able to reform those units as well. So if you put, you know, sometimes you'll block your own unit up. Yep. So. The, 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 right. the, the next area anyways is, is threatened and, and that kind of links into a lot of the things we're talking about. But, but what, one of the things I want to just talk about here is angles and, and Gil, I want to use your game as an example on that. So um, one of the things that, that we often see and we often do He's kind of play in a 2D formation. So we, we, we have right-angle units, like, like you're saying before, Jay, in a line. And actually, just mm. putting a bit of angle into the, 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 uh, the line does two things. It threatens further on the flanks of things coming into you, but it also means that your opponents are thinking outside of that 2D dimension. They have to start playing in 3D, which, again, n- changes the way they, they have to move and the way the dynamics of the battle. So, so, so I think Again, a good example on this is, let's take a nooker. Uh, I've done it myself. You've got a nooker, it's going down the flank. Uh, it's got a nimble, so you're gonna, essentially going to fly it down, straight line, into the gap, turn, and get into those, those positions. Now, it all seems very good, but actually, if you, turn, if you use an angle initially, so not even not allowing you to, have that, to get into that position, that second turn, what you're actually doing is covering a larger proportion of the battlefield and making your opponent turn to then change it, to open up flanks and having to direct in... in a number of angles rather than just that right angle play um, and mm. I, I think when you played your game it did seem quite a quite a linear game I don't know if you, you felt that uh, yeah it felt very like run forward kind of thing mm. yeah and and the, the angles See, and um, so threatening at angles um, is is a it, it, it adds another dimension to the game it gives you more options and it also increases your chance of getting those flanks, which is, you know... What- An important part there on the angles and threatening is <clears throat> if somebody's put a good shooting unit in a unit in an area of difficult terrain and they've got a good arc of fire, if you threaten their flank slightly out of their shooting arc, they then have to turn so that they're not going to get flanked, which means they're then on minus one to hit, mm-hmm. doesn't it? Yep. Which is really powerful. And you don't actually have to do anything apart from threaten that flank. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, when you say about not doing anything, that's something that I've always enjoyed to try and do in a game. Is It's almost like I'd rather win through not rolling dice, but by positioning well and threatening. Because yeah. people, like you say, if you're in the flank, you're going to have to respond to it, mostly. Um, and that, that you know, you, you, you can choose to ignore it, but that's once something's in your flank, 
it's a really difficult position because of two reasons. One, it gets the extra attacks, but then the other side is if you want to attack back, you turn him. So you're then turning your flank or, or you know, a vulnerable part of your unit to the other army, the other part of your army. And if it doesn't destroy the unit in the flank, then suddenly that's definitely going off. So, so a flank charge is mm. it's good in the <clears throat> sense that it does the wounds, but actually the way the way it makes you play from having to address it, or if you do get charged in the flank, then having to turn to address it means that it, it, it's it's got a lot of advantage, not just the wounds done. Going back to the flyers, you know, you're saying about flying things behind people. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> a lot of the time, I just ignore them. I think, well. I'm going to turn three units around to deal with this. Mm. I, that that's going to lose me the game. I'd rather just take a hit in the back of one unit and see what happens. It's it's a good point. I think uh, you know we talked before uh, the the uh, game I played where someone had moved four units to kind of address um, mm. that that in the same way when you're playing chess, you know you can you can have a, a, a more pieces on the board, but if they're not in play, then they're not in such a good position. The same goes in Kings of War for that. You know, if you've got four pieces or four units out of play because they're trying to address something that's gone around the flank, then they're essentially not there. Um, and yeah. that, that's that's a massive way of weighing weighting your your advantage. Um, one of the other things on that that threat, and I was going to say that that I've you know I've done it a number of times with my knuckers. Get in, get into the rear. You don't need to be threatening, even facing. So you can't charge next turn because the fact is you will be getting into that position. So getting into position and not threatening is still mm. as good, in my opinion, or nearly as good, because they know you're coming. So they're going to have to they're going to have to make decisions. Not being able to so being able to charge in the first turn is ideal. But if you've got a flyer who's facing the wrong way behind your lines, he's still annoying you. You still need to think about it. Mm. There's a lot of um, people, and I w- would say that I was like this when I first started playing it. That turn one, and even turn two. If you're not doing something with one of your units, you get a little bit frustrated. You think, "Well, I've wasted two turns here, and I haven't killed anything." Exactly. If you can set it up, so in so if you can set it up that in turn three you're doing double the damage, <laughs> which makes up for turn two and one, then it's not a problem. Yes. You know, but uh, I was flying <clears throat> beasts of nature like right down the battlefield, thinking, "Right, if he doesn't kill it, that's going to smash something." But then it does kill it. So you're like, mm, maybe I should have kept it back. And then you start playing, well, I'll keep it out of range this turn because it can get in next turn. Okay, it does nothing for the first turn. But yeah, turn two, it is going to start absolutely smashing stuff. And that that's the way I've, particularly because my army is an elite army, you know, like that vampire, he needs to stay alive and things. Yeah. You can, and also you can wait for the rest of your army to move up to then support as well. And then, then they've got even more to think about. But yeah, don't don't feel bad about wasting a turn doing essentially nothing because getting in position and threatening is it's doing, doing something. something. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, and I think that's... I mean, you've got a bad habit for that, Gil. You just I like know, literally. I'm going to get uh, put put these up there. Hopefully, I'll get lucky, <laughs> and then <laughs> that is pretty much my game plan for all the games I play. Yeah, you should take that item that gives you defense six for a turn. <laughs> <laughs> So um, but yeah, no, all those are good points. So, so what, what are we on now? Move to block. The last thing on threat, I just wanted to put out there was you can also threaten space. So we can threaten units, but we can also move in a position whereby, so that let's say a token you want to get or you want your opponent wants to get, you put a unit that, that could do a lot of damage. It's not in a position where it's, it's, it's actually going to be attacked, but if you then move into the next position, then I'm going to get you. So you can also defend space with yeah. units. And space, um, or thinking about that, the that which you can't see, the, the areas that you want units to go into or don't go into, is another thing to think about when threatening. 
Yeah, you can. You, it's not just charges either. You can threaten with shooters. You know, like let's say you were running two efreets, mm -hmm. and um, <clears throat> you put somebody, you put one of your units in range for them to charge. Next turn, if they're going to be getting thirty fireball in the face, they might be like, mm, "I probably won't charge that crap unit." Then <laughs> I'll have to wait. Yes, so very much so, and I, I think that that's a that's a good the trap. You know, we talk about it in those terms that that you can set up. Is you know, it, mm. it's the more of those you can put in, I think, the better your playstyle. If you're you're going to lose units, you sort of need to be aware of the fact that you want to be choosing which units you lose as well. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I mean, a unit, a, a regiment of flea bags probably seems like quite a lot to you, Gil, but when <laughs> I was playing thing. goblins... Yeah, uh, yeah except when I was playing goblins, I just thought, well, if I lose that unit, I've only lost 7% of my army. It's not that bad. And in return, I'm going to take out 15% of their army, so I'm up a percent. So let's just, let's just let them die. Well, it's like the magic so. thing. You try and get two for one as many times as you can. One of your things yeah, dies. Magic Kill two of theirs. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's what you want. Right, let's move on to move to block. That should be very short because it's easy. You move to block next. <laughs> well, there's, there's, again, this, this works. There's a couple of things to pull out here. The first thing is just um, bearing in mind uh, things like flyers, nimble. So when you move to block, just by putting it, let's say, a chap unit in, you have to make sure that it's, it's, it's going to do its job. Uh, and that's important to realise. Mm -hmm. um, the other one, which... Um, so we're not just talking about the straightforward eating in front of the unit can't get past. You can you can move a position. Uh, if you've got like a horde, that's the size of that is a disadvantage in some respects. And by having a unit that just stops that corner coming off, that's something to be aware of. That the size of a unit makes it less manoeuvrable. And blocking can not isn't just about him being in front. It's about looking at the space that units can move through. Mm. Um, the other, but I think, I mean, even even if you have got a horde, though, let's say, let's look at this actually, because this is important. If you've got a horde of goblins and something's going to charge them and it's going to get right in the middle, and you don't want it in the middle, you can block up part of that unit so it forces your opponent to charge one side of that unit, yep. and then you can get something else into it. So, so even though you're still going to get charged, you can put make the charger go where you want it to, and then, for example, get a mincer in the flank or something. Yeah. Uh, I Absolutely, and and the characters are very good for, for doing this role. In fact, there's a rule here that's worth picking out that that has come up a few times. So so we know that uh, individuals don't you can move through an individual when taking a, when moving a charge. One of the things that's important to know is you need to be off that individual before you pick up an align. So the so individuals can still block movement um, and protect flanks uh, if you position yeah. them correctly. Because I think I think a lot of people think well as I, as long as I can touch. I can then get in. If you ha if you're not are free of the position of the individual, you can't then pick up and move. Yeah. Um, so 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 characters are the, the main blocking unit that I, I think of. And if you were talking about Lady Alona before, or you've got Ector from uh, the Trident Realms, mm. these are almost units that you can just throw at something that's going to say, "Do you know what? You're not going to take me off." And for three turns, you're not moving. It, it's it's a very useful mm. tactic to, like you say, control where which fights you're going to be having. You can block up a part of the unit. One of the, th one of the things I like to do with my gargoyles, actually, is let's say we're playing an objective game mm -hmm. <clears throat> and they're going to try for that objective next turn. Now, this sounds like madness, but instead of putting the unit of gargoyles in a line so they're hitting the front of it, sometimes what I do is I put the flank of the gargoyles in front of them and the other flank 
on the objective. So their overrun to get to the objective is bigger than it would be if the... Do you know what I mean? Because they're hitting the flank instead of hitting the front. So it gives them an extra couple of inches to have to overrun. And because you're going to lose the unit anyway, so what? You know, just let them hit the flank of it. Yeah, well, I think, again, when we talk about objective, uh, objectives uh, or the scenarios, you know, the most important part of what we're trying to do to win the games, and, and blocking objectives like that is a really good tactic. Um, uh, one of the other things about blocking that I wanted to talk about was uh, I think you mentioned it in your last game actually uh, Joe was let's say for example your whole army is behind this one unit um, you throw in a weak character against that unit that is not it's not going to kill and you know so that you're essentially bogging down the whole army behind this one unit that's yeah. that's, that's that's quite good as well I've seen that used an awful lot. oh absolutely yeah. Um, it, yeah. it's a perverse thing actually because I've got like a, a, a blood mask I run with three attacks if you threw him in against a, a goblin horde um, he's probably going to survive a turn maybe two um, yep. not going to take it off but that, that goblin horde is is going to block up the rest of the army behind it allowing you to get around the flanks or, or whatever it would be and and that, that's another tactic you know you're not looking to win you're just trying to slow them down mm. yeah absolutely yeah I like that Right, let's move on to move to take objectives. Well, okay, this is this is straightforward. You know, this this is what we're trying to do at all times. Um, the the two areas or three areas I wanted to pick out on this is taking objectives early. So we said before about the dwarves and the speed the speed of them. <coughs> One of the things that I like the way I like to play, and I've seen it done by other people uh, who do well, is they take objectives early. They control them, and that means you need to play towards them. If you're slower, you're going to have less opportunity to control that game. So, so moving to take objectives or to control objectives is a real key part. And we talked before about threatening and making people play a different way if you're threatening them. The same goes, if the objectives are taken, you need to come after them. Um, an example of that would be, um, you know, uh, objective on the center line. You've got a 12-inch movement, nimble character, moves on turns, and then next turn, he can move off. Um, you know that that is uh, a, a, it's a classic move. It puts the pressure on your opponents, and it's very much a um, it changes the dynamic of the game. So moving for objectives, mm. having the extra speed, very important. The other side of that is if someone takes objectives, how do you get them back? And again, slow armies have difficulties in reclaiming objectives uh, or loot, should I yeah, say, because objectives don't move. Um, so, so it is quite important, or it's very important for the winning of the game that you're moving to control, take, and defend objectives. I mean, although I lost the game against you, um, there was a moment in that game where you moved to within 0.1 inch of an objective so I couldn't get yeah. it. And I just flew a unit of gargoyles over and wind-blasted you back an inch and then just took the objective that was to lovely. sacrifice yeah. Your, your, your wind-blast uh, use in that game was inspiration. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm sort of. I, I need wind blast. I've got to have it. I'm, my next army is a wind blast monster list, but um, it just made me realise how powerful it was because pe- people don't want to push their hot, their unit to like on the objective because they're going to get charged. They want to be just near it, so they're just contesting yeah. it, and and then you push them off it, and they just don't like it. it so. Absolutely, it, it's. I'm, I'm at the moment. I'm particularly considering what our next uh, scenario is. I am. Um, Trying to get at least one wind blast in there because it. it, it what's the next scenario? Uh, God, what's it called? Uh, is it rays? Um, rays. Yeah, uh, that's the one it, with... yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah, we've already had a bloody practice game. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, 
But which is, by the way, one of my favourite uh, games. I think it's a real tactical scenario. Um, lots of different uh, ways of playing it. Lots of things to think about. It's, it's, mm. it's a really good one. Um, but yeah, moving to take objective control. It, I've said it before. I'll say it again. Scenario play is what Kings of War is all about. It's, you know, you want to kill the army. Fine. It's the scenario that's going to win it for you. And uh, I do. You do need a bit of everything in your list. I mean, once somebody's got that objective, I mean, and it's gone back behind your lines. <laughs> it's just so hard to get yeah. it. Yeah, it, it's it's a it's a, a controlling early control, um, either taking or or threatening that objective, or the objective you're trying to do. Really important. The other thing I was going to say about I, I had a I, I played against a guy and he had a boob mother running around with like ten damage on it and an objective. <laughs> and t- well, it had all the objectives. I just couldn't bloody get to it. And I just thought if I had if I had mind fog now I would win this game. <laughs> but I it didn't have it. it. <laughs> so and the one time that I ever used mind fog, well that that's probably the only time it would ever have come up. So I'm not going <laughs> to yeah, play it. You can't you can't count yeah. for <laughs> No. But uh, no, in, in terms of objectives and control and moving for objectives, um, you know, it's just when you're thinking about your movement, we said before about your positioning and setup. Again, for your movement, think about what the objectives are. So don't think you're just moving up to kill the army. Get into a position where you're playing for your objective. And, and a good example to conclude on this is um, the control uh, scenario where you've got to get the six quadrants of the, or the you know, the six areas mm. of the board. And, Going last and being able to move into those to, to claim them is a really useful uh, is really useful in that scenario. But but again, yeah. having nimble, fast characters that score is is that is where they come into their own. Um, and it, it is again moving to objectives. So that's that's the uh, yeah. penultimate uh, reason for movement. Um, and then finally, uh, we've got move to get out of danger. And you wanted to say something about this, Jay? Yeah? Mm. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's something I do all the time, and it really throws people. Like, someone will come over, like, push up, threaten me, and I'll be like, right, okay, then I'll just march forward so you can't charge me at all. <laughs> yep. And they're like, <laughs> and they all of a sudden go, oh, oh really, did, really didn't expect them to march that unit into the middle of the board so they're completely in the open, but I've got nothing else to charge them with now, so I'm going to have to turn around. <laughs> and it's fine, like, because you can turn some other units to then threaten that unit that was originally going to charge you, you just like go, yeah, I'm off, bye. Yeah. Or you can, let's say a unit of heavy hitting cav comes down the board and that you, next turn you're getting charged by them. <clears throat> and your only other option is to go into a combat that you're not that sure about a bit further up the board. You think, well, that unit's probably going to die next turn anyway. There's nothing I can do. So I might as well charge that unit further away. So at least I'm not getting hit by these cav and I've got half a chance against that unit. So again, you're picking a fight that's more likely than getting smashed next turn. Mm-hmm. So they're my two favourite ways to get out of danger, to be honest. And, and I think... A cha- a... Go no, go. I was just going to say, yeah, so a march that gets you completely out of somebody's arc or a charge that puts you in a more desirable combat. It might not be a, a guaranteed combat, but it's more desirable than the one you were going to have to take. Definitely. They're my two. Well, I, I was going to say, you just, one of the things I always fall for, or again, it's back to my I need to move because I can move thing. You know, if, you, if you're, mm. let's say you've got a shooting unit, um, range 18, something like that, um, and you're moving a position where you want to shoot against uh, a movement six unit or something, you're thinking, okay, I'll just keep backing off and I'll shoot it and that'll be that. But actually, the speed at which they can come at you means that you don't, you, you, you want to make sure that your distance from them is optimal. Um, and. Mm. It's 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 just all I'm saying is I have done it before when I'm thinking I'll just back off and actually 
I can only back off half speed, and it's not enough. So just just to consider that as uh, you know, do your maths basically on that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I mean, there's a lot of like you're going to your list, Gil. I quite like talking about your list because you're sort of learning as it goes, yeah. but loads of stuff in your army is great for getting out of danger i mean you can just march 20 inches with a unit of um oh is it 18 whatever but with your with your flea bags and 20 yeah 20 and it's like yeah you might have marched them into a position where they can't do anything next turn but they might now be behind the enemy lines and they're thinking oh for god's sake indeed it's like you might have had to do it but big doesn't matter you know just they're out of the way. I do find mincers are difficult to get out of the way of things because they've got low movement. So. I find my trumpets keep on um, getting in the way of things because they've only got the twelve inch range. Yeah, <clears throat> mm. yeah they're a bit annoying, but they're... they are very good. I mean, I I just keep them behind my units really. Are they height two or height three? Trumpets, two in it. Mm. Okay, so but yeah, but the thing is that, that that's where you're picking your targets, isn't it? You're shooting at height. Monsters and things. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And and. Be, Are there any other ways to move to get out of danger? Well, I think that the um, it, you can block up. Uh, you can move sideways. Um, you can use objectives. Not objectives. Sorry, you can use scenery. Some some sometimes you can actually completely reform to get out of somebody's arc. Yes. It seems weird, but they're just about to clip the front facing of you. If you reform, so you you're showing them your flank, and then they can't get you. It's strange how it works sometimes, but that can happen. Yeah, uh, definitely. You know, combat reforms. It's, uh, it's something that, that happens in every game, I think. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, I think. I think the other bit, just in terms of move to get out of danger, so so is it's it's not just during the um, uh, so the combat area of the game, but you're thinking at the end. You know, we talked about taking the objective. It's it, you can have. You can also have a, a, a damage unit uh, that you don't want to continue to be. Uh, peppered or you don't want them in the combat yet you want to save them for later so so moving out of danger can also be a case of moving your units up to block what's coming at you so so again it's all I'm, all I'm saying on that is that having a unit that's half dead sometimes the object, you feel like oh well look, it's gone now I'll just throw it in but actually just pulling it back out of the game yeah, I do that. till later on in the game where it might have something to do is, is quite a good uh, mm. idea Mm. Well, yeah, I suppose, especially if they're a glass cannon mm. and they've got nine, nine wounds on them and they're like, you know, 14, 16 and you've pulled them back so they can't really do anything to it but they don't want to get charged by it. That That's a very good point. Yeah, I mean, the Soul Reaver infantry, I mean, once they've got loads of damage on them, you, yeah, you yeah. sort of think, well, I'll chuck them in because they'll do loads of damage. But if you pulled it back and threatened with it, you'd be probably better off. Yeah, yeah you don't, don't feel that because it's half knackered Oh well, it's gone now. You still got something to do. Yeah. Oh, there's plenty to be plenty, plenty to take in there, isn't there? Indeed. So, so I just one thing I didn't put on the list of, of reasons to move, but it's not reasons to move. But I don't know if we want to talk about it. There, there are a couple of spells and we talked a little about. It. So you've got surge, you've got wind blast, and you've got uh, enthrall. And mm. I, don't, I don't want to go into it too much because it's a magic, it's a thing. But it is worth noting that with movement. Um, Spells that can affect movement are really powerful, and you've spoken already about how you can use them to take objectives. With enthrall, you can you can bring things into that charge ring that you've set up, or you can dis- dissipate lines so you give them flanks. Uh, and then a surge, mm-hmm. of course, yeah, it breaks the movement phase. Um, so, so, of all the things that when you're doing with movement, and we've talked about things to consider and, and how to 
uh, what to do in each uh, each of these considerations. Having the spells that can affect movement or the outcome of movement, um, I think they are. As if we say it's the most important phase of the game, spells that can then mm. make that better or worse have high value. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean there is. You can, with Enthrall, you can pull people so far forward that they can't really charge anything apart from the thing that's enthralled them. And if you're careful with where you position your Enthrall unit, you have to, if you're in their front arc anywhere, then they come forward, directly forward, mm-hmm. don't they? Yeah. So, so if your Enthrall unit is behind another unit, let's say your height 3 or the unit's height 1, you can Enthrall them past that front unit, but then they still can't charge your character because it's stuck behind there. It's really annoying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a, Thrall's got what? a lot of uh, good combination. Like you say, if you just on that <coughs> angle um, where you're in the front, you pull them forward two inches and they, you, they can't see anymore. Brilliant. Yeah, uh, it's crazy, isn't it? And I, and I think we, you know, we spoke about spoke about the uh, change of that spell last time. Um, I think we might, mm. once people get used to it, we might see a bit of a meta change with Thrall becoming a, a more common um, spell that you take out because it can be cast multiple times. Because it's always been useful. Yeah. It's just that you, you you've got that sense of oh, is it is you know if it doesn't work what then? Casting it twice. I need three yeah. and I, I'm in Thor five. It's not maybe not going to happen. Yeah. yeah. Mm. I must admit I'm really looking forward to running this <coughs> mantic only list that I've written with all the enthrall and wind blasts. So I'll have to have a practice game. Yeah. I know you need more practice, Gil. I want that map for Call to Arms to come out. Then I'm more inclined to practice. To be honest. Yeah. Okay, so, so I think that's in a nutshell all I'd want to say about movement. There's lots, it, it, you know, to conclude, move right, you win the game. Um, what if you move left? <laughs> then <you'll>, you, <laughs> you won't win the game. Then you've lost. Yeah. Right, got you. So, yeah, I like that. Can you, um, I suppose you could enthrall and win blast, blast people slightly into terrain to give them hindered charges and things, couldn't you? That's of frustrating. You can, yeah. yeah. They don't stop when they hit the terrain. No, do it's they? only impassable. I believe they stop it. Right. Okay. Yeah, that's another interesting tactic. I mean, that's more of a magic-related conversation, mm. though, isn't it? Yeah, there's a, the, it, yeah. It, it is a big topic, but I think we've, we've given a flavour of you know, the. Uh... Yeah, I mean, you could talk for an hour on each one of those, to be honest. Yeah. So I think that's that's pretty good. Um, and there's a lot of things there that I, I would say I've probably learnt. Gil will. Any time Gil hears anything, he's learnt something. Because <laughs> Gil, Gil, Gil basically goes, "Oh, I like that unit. I'll buy as many of them as I can, and then I'll push them all forward, and then go, oh, this army shit." But ha, huh, sounds like you know me or have met me before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I'm, I can't wait to see how much better Gil is now. Oh, please, beat me now. I never know. So, something we should do. Uh, I said before, guys, is doing an army swap. I've always found that helpful. Where. You, you take the army you know, and someone who uh, someone else uses it, and you get to see what it's good at, uh, and what, what what actually someone using it differently helps you to see a different way of using it. But also facing it, you go, oh, actually, God, that's awful. I didn't realise that, or that's not as good as I thought. Yeah, yeah, you, you sort of realise which of your units are good, don't mm. you? <laughs> yeah, like if someone played my goblin army, I'd be like, ah, fucking eight minces. <laughs> I need to get well away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wish I could be bothered to paint minces. And I'd I suppose you could spray it black and dry brush it. Dry brush it, yeah. yeah. It's done. Sure, it's easy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> done. Finished. <laughs> spray it metal. Wash it. Done. Yeah. Yeah. 
Right, well, I hope everyone enjoyed that um, movement analysis from Colin Robinson. That was good, that. I, I actually did enjoy it. I did, that. I learned something, it was nice. Yeah, it's been a good podcast, this, for me. You know, won, won a game, learned something about mu- uh, mu- movement. It's been nice. Yeah, good hobby training. Yeah. We need to arrange some games. Are, are you free for a UB game anytime soon, Gil? Uh, I am. I have Thursday and Monday off. As in tomorrow and Thursday. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, nice. Well, we should have a look at something. Yeah. Yeah. I've played Ben too many times. I've got. I've got to go to. Oh no! I've got to go to. I'm actually playing someone tomorrow. (laughs) A big shop. Mars bars. Loads of Mars (laughs) bars. No, they're not called Mars bars. What what are they called? Uh, Jupiter caramel. Yeah. (laughs) Are they? No, they're not. Shut up. (laughs) That's brilliant. Yeah, we we shop at Lidl as well. It's brilliant, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> we might get some uh, sponsorship from Lidl. Fair, I, I I always look for like things I can use as terrain or things I can for conversion. I do stuff. as well. Yeah, or like cheap tape yeah. measures and things. Or they have <laughs> so, like so, a, um, an engraving kit that you can probably get. Yeah, yeah, they do have some Go good, on, some weird and good stuff. Then. The, mm. These the, the Aldi beer. They do little beers, um, like little stubbies. Yeah, no, we're not talking about Aldi. They are really good. Uh, and lovely yeah, one. they do some at Lidl as well, yeah. could they can. I don't know, it feels like being on holiday in France when I was a kid. <laughs> what, drinking stubbies? Yeah. Do you know the first time I walked was for a beer? The first time you walked was for a beer? Yeah, my granddad um, had a beer in his hand and I wanted it. And, he, and he, he he spent three hours and he kept pushing me back as I was like crawling. And eventually I stood up for his beer and he went, there you go. <laughs> and I was, I was about oh, eight months nice. old. Oh, that's nice. And look at you now. Yeah, I can walk like a god. Uh, alcohol. <laughs> and you're an alcoholic. Yeah. <laughs> right, well, <clears throat> that's it, I guess. I suppose we can wrap up, Indeed. can't we? Yeah, I did just want to give one more thing out there for the guys. Was, you know, our, uh, the uh, Art of War tournament, we've, we've talked about uh, some more, we've put more flesh on the bones in terms of some of the rules we're looking to put together. Um, yeah, we have actually. So, so I, I think it's just to let people know that we are going to be doing a tournament, um, which will be painting focused, um, and the idea is that you, you know, we want to inspire people to have an army ready before that. So we won't be just dropping it on them. Um, yeah, but but it, you know, we'll we'll give time to girls. But the idea is that we want to inspire others to paint, and you know, if, if you if you want to put a nice army together. It's going to be. We're going to we'll publicise it. We'll pro- provide awards for it, uh, and hopefully it'll be a real hobby event. Um, you know, it is coming, and uh, probably in the new year. Let's be honest. Um, but yeah, uh, let, yeah, I would say like January would be a decent time for that. Pick up your paintbrushes um, now. I think is what I'd say. Yeah, I think especially as we said before on the last episode, like at the moment, it's quite difficult to motivate yourself to paint things because you know you're not going to get to use your models for some time. Yeah. But you know, if you can use them in this online tournament, great. Mm. Yeah, I mean, some people already have existing armies out there that they just want to paint one new model or one new character for or something, and like that, there's a reason to do that now. Yeah. So it's all. It's to be honest, it's pretty much there. It's pretty much finalised. I'll just get a PDF and sort it out and post it up, and then uh, need to find someone to judge the painting, and then we're laughing, aren't yeah. we? And uh, need to be find... good to get a list of awards first as well. Yeah, so well, I, I, I need to find win. somewhere I can buy some swords because I, I definitely am keen that we can out some swords. <laughs> I was I was talking to. JJ about this when I had my game against him the other night and he said he was really keen to play in the event I said oh you might win a sword and he went yeah 
that yeah maybe that'd be nice but you'll have to post it to America <laughs> so, yeah. so that could be an issue well, is it, do you know I once um, so I used to have a job where I worked in China and um, you know those hoverboard things yes what you're going to carry the sword over on a hover, hoverboard <laughs> so, so anyway so, so I, I was looking at setting up a business importing hoverboards um, and they changed hmm. the rules on lithium ion batteries and put them in airplanes just as I started my, my career and it completely screwed it up but having said that, I do know how to import things that you're not allowed to travel around the world. So, um, not illegally, but just using you know slower routes. So don't worry, we'll get it. We'll get whatever we need wherever you want it. Oh, right. What a man! You're a man of many talents, aren't you? You can walk, you can drink, and you can import and export illegal weapons. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Right. Well, we'll keep the uh, <clears throat> what's the word? The uh, community updated with our how our hobbies going. So obviously, we're all doing new armies. So we'll keep posting them up on there. Um, I'd quite like to change the Hardsick Podcast page to a, a group. I was talking to um, Deva- Jeremy from Countercharge, and he was saying that since yeah, since they put theirs as a group, it was it's easier for people to interact with it, which seems like that might be a possibility. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you're the technical we can one, have, like, so I'll leave that in your hands. Oh, you keep saying I'm the technical one, but I have real issues. <laughs> I absolutely hate Facebook. It's like one day it will work and the next day it won't. It's just abs- terrible. Anyway, that's it for this episode. The next one will be episode 80, which is a bit of a landmark, isn't it, I suppose? It is. We'll have to drink yeah. that. Yeah. So I hope you've enjoyed listening. I hope you've learned something about movement. Uh, hope I hope you keep enjoying the posts we put up. Yeah, you. I wasn't actually talking directly <laughs> to you, but but I have. But, but thanks anyway. Um, I guess we'll, we'll be coming up to Christmas in the next one. We'll have a Christmas episode. That'd be nice. Oh, oh wow. that'd be nice. We'll all sing, sing carols and stuff. I'm going to make up a magic item for for my uh, character in uh, Hero versus Monster. Oh, I like Christmas it. hat. Kill, plus kill one defense, minus one to hit. <laughs> Plus one, minus one to hit, plus one defence Christmas hat. <laughs> yeah, right, well, we'll see you next time. Thank you very much for listening. Bye. See you all later. Say bye. Take care. Goodbye.